Welcome to the sixth episode of season 11 of the Community Podcast hosted by Sipsos Africa. For those that have journeyed with us from episode one, I hope you have had a good time reflecting on the different aspects of the work we do at Sipsos Africa and the different attempts we make at embracing diversity in the different forms of giving and generosity across the continent. So today we're going to be discussing something very interesting uh, with the, the world's youngest population, approximately 78%. Uganda is not only one of the most entrepreneurial countries globally, but it is also imbued with a diversity of youthful and innovative forms of generosity. Do you have some youth around you uh, that you see rallying uh, different communities to give? Well, today is a very interesting episode for you. This episode recaps the sixth season of the community podcast, which focused on young givers. Well, uh, in this episode, I'm honored to host one of the youngest team members of CIFSOS Africa. She is an amazing lawyer and works as uh, the support associate with the philanthropy program at CIFSOS Africa. Join me in this amazing conversation with Madonna Vicky Ainem Babazi. Hello, Madonna, and how are you today? Hi, Antonio. I am very happy to be on this uh, podcast. This time as a guest, not as a host. So that's definitely, it feels different and I like it. Uh, that's very good. So tell us more about yourself and your work at Sipsos Africa. I'm a lawyer, a writer, and the philanthropy program associate support at Sipsos. And my work is around organizing and facilitating strategic conversations, sustainable learning, knowledge sharing, all to advocate for an enabling environment for philanthropy in the Ugandan context. I also contribute to documenting philanthropy in Uganda through giving stories, our research work, and other means, including this podcast. So thank you very much, Madonna, for uh, action. I, I definitely know that um, there is a lot more that we'll be sharing. So to recap season six, what outstanding lessons on generosity could we pick from that season? So there are about two lessons that I'll focus on from season six. The first being generosity has a ripple effect. It may seem obvious, but it's interesting how it unfolded in season six. So many of the stories started off with, I was once given. Now I am a giver. Um, in one instance, you know, one person is giving to you either they're paying your tuition or you're raised by a community and they're just giving to you as an individual and that's it. But when it comes to you passing it forward, you don't just give back to one person, but you give back to a whole community, maybe five, maybe 10, maybe more people. So I remember, I think it was Bright Ntaki who shared his story around starting the, the Lovidex movement during COVID. Uh, Lovidex, for those that haven't listened into that particular episode, was coined from Covidex, which was um, which is <laughs> um, a medication that was developed during that time to deal with the symptoms of COVID. 
and his approach to it was love, you know, can heal in this in this pandemic. So Lovidex was the solution that he had come up with. And he shared about being raised by a community after he had lost his parents at a very young age. And when he started the Lovidex or Lovidex movement during COVID, he didn't just give to one individual, but mobilized resources that he gave back to community and even larger numbers than just one person. And Michelle also talked about it, Michelle Omam Teker, whose first, uh, maybe it was, you know, like the first remarkable act of generosity that she shared with us. Um, she paid tuition for a certain young man in her neighborhood without her parents' knowledge. She would save her money every time and then contribute towards his tuition. His tuition was about 100,000 or, or there about maybe 120,000 shillings. And she started with just that one person. But over time, when she learned from that experience and uh, continuing to be attentive to the needs of her community, she started a foundation that's currently giving to um, children and persons with disabilities and addressing needs at you know a larger scale than just one individual. So really to say that generosity has a ripple effect, what may start off small is bound to increase in quantity over time. Um, the other outstanding lesson that we could pick from season six was around the age requirement or there being no age limit for generosity. So season six in itself was targeting young givers between the ages of 16 to 35. And we hosted two teenagers, Daniela and Gino. Daniela was 16 and Gino was 17 at the time that we hosted. And it was interesting. Yes, we went on to, you know, host older youth, if I should say, those that are not in their teens, but between 16 to age 20, age 35. And it was interesting to see how their generosity grew from just one random act of kindness to scaling to a neighborhood, to a community, to a region. Um, I'll zero in on um, Daniela's story in particular. She identified um, needs in her community and would mobilize resources and give, you know, just in the neighborhood. But over time, she co-founded an organization, the Young Angels Network, which mobilizes resources and was founded by, you know, fellow teenagers to make a difference in their community, specifically in the areas of education, children's rights, and health. So they would do cleaning campaigns and clean the neighborhoods. And in one particular instance, um, she shared of how through something she had learned on the news, they reached out to girls in the Kasese region who had suffered um, displacement, in that internal displacement in Uganda after a water disaster. And while everyone was rushing to give food and shelter and tents and blankets, she was more concerned about, you know, how about uh, menstrual health? How about uh, sanitary towels in this period? Who gives to such causes? So they mobilized resources and gave towards that. Um, I found it interesting how they could just move from mobilizing, you know, from, from their savings, from their break money, their pocket money at school, to a more structured form of giving into a whole organization. 
Um, Gino, on the other hand, was also, um, she started off, you know, sharing a story of, I buy snacks for my friends at break time, those that can't afford them, or I give them money, or I buy, you know, extra snacks to pass around and share. So from sharing food at, you know, a smaller level like that in the smaller community of, of her school, she went on to buy food for her community from savings from her pocket money. And then later on, she grows that and co-opts a friend with whom they start a project to raise money for sanitary towel, towel for girls in their communities, both reusable and disposable. So just to say that um, hearing these stories and documenting them tends to break the barrier of who a giver or a philanthropist can be. It's not just something, a privilege reserved for the president's you know, wife or the businessman's wife or a wealthy white male, but it's the child that you're raising, it's the teenager next door. Those would be the most outstanding ones for that season. Wow, 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 wow. That, that's a very interesting recap. And I like that you point out the fact that, uh, you know, generosity and philanthropy or giving, as we could call it uh, in, in our context, in the African context, and for everyone, I think globally, is irrespective of the position you hold, is irrespective of uh, where you're from. It's, it's, it's more of a heart that gives. And I like that that is captured uh, a lot in the examples you've shared. So um, youth and philanthropy, what are some of the key trends in the sector? Uh, and how, how can young people from across the continent tap into these? So one of the things that, I don't know if it's a trend or if it's even a necessity, would be the use of social media and technology as a whole to fundraise and mobilize networks and resources for good. It's something that we had a lot in the stories of season six. Um, I remember that Anena Joan ran her first campaign on social media and she was overwhelmed by the support that came through. It was a campaign to raise scholastic materials for children that she, for a school that was neighboring her university at the time, as well as Frank Sejengo, who also talked about, you know, using social media to mobilize youth for climate action and just giving back to community as a whole. So it's not something that we can do away with. And I think it's not just a trend, but it's a necessity for youth that are exploring philanthropy. This is a very critical tool to utilize. And the results have been phenomenal. Um, you reach people that you typically wouldn't physically. You know, when someone retweets that poster that you share, they're tapping into their networks, they're giving their networks to you in a sense. And the list goes on about the possibilities that arise from using social media to fundraise. Um, the other thing would be documenting generosity. We are a generation that definitely does a lot of, you know, documentation, whether it's through hashtags or end of month photo dumps on social media. Um, documenting generosity would be critical in giving you credibility, either as an organization or an, an individual that mobilizes resources generally. I think it would be easier for youth to run, say, a second campaign when people can search and find stories and pictures and 
just a documentation of the impact that your previous campaign had on the community. So as you raise this money, as you mobilize and fundraise, it's, it's great to take pictures and write a caption or, or more um, about what you're doing. It adds a bit of credibility um, to their fundraiser. I know that we try to move away from that, but you know, with fake news and all the things that happen on social media, some form of documentation can definitely add to people trusting the process of fundraising through and with you. Um, one other trend that comes to mind is responsive philanthropy. I think we typically think about it in, in terms of institutions, you know, uh, grant making institutions need to be responsive, but if I bring it down to how youth undertake their philanthropy, it's important for youth to question if you are giving based on your own agenda or if you're sensitive to the context and to the needs of your community. Uh, many of the youth in this season talked about how they had been influenced by the news or the effects of the pandemic, but they also emphasized how much they knew the context in which they were operating. If I'm giving food in my neighborhood, it's because I have maybe when I was taking a walk, I saw this need, I saw the people that are living here, and I know that this is what will work for them in a sense, or I've talked to them. Um, it's a need they have raised with the LC, with the local council chairperson in this village or parish. So it's important to know your context and keep your ears on the ground, such that your giving is not imposing, but it's relevant and responsive to the needs of that particular community. Um, and part of our work at Sixos has also involved reimagining aid um, or decolonizing philanthropy. But if you're to bring it to the Ugandan context, I think I'll go more with the language around reimagining aid and how we do that philanthropy. So how do you give? Is it dignifying? Does it leave communities feeling better? about themselves or better than you found them. And, you know, you may think that by giving them financial support or uh, in-kind gifts, you have left them feeling better or better than you found them. But it's important to, to do it in a way that's dignifying. Are you involving, in a participatory manner, for example, are you involving, if you're giving books um, to a school or clothes to children in a particular community? Are you involving the parents and the teachers? Are they in the know? Because then if a child shows up at home with new clothes and books that typically their parents wouldn't buy them, what if they're, you know, <laughs> giving a beating for stealing, yet in actual sense, you could have communicated so that the parents are in the know and they are more recipient and appreciative and understand where you're coming from in a sense. So it's, it's, it's important to consider these things. And for me, those are some of the trends to keep in mind as youth go about their philanthropy to, to reimagine it, to undertake it in a dignifying way, to be responsive in their approach, to document it and to use the tools that technology has availed us with, including and especially social media. Wow, wow, wow. Madonna, you should do a masterclass on philanthropy and how youth 
can and uh, tap into it and make the most of it. That, that's very interesting. You had you had mentioned something around uh, some of the work that CIVSOS Africa is doing to support the youth uh, and you had started with something to do with the uh, decolonizing aid. Would you want to uh, use this opportunity to highlight more of what CIVSOS is doing uh, uh, to engage youth around uh, generosity and giving? Sure. Um, so we like to not only invite, but involve youth in conversations, critical conversations on philanthropy. And more recently, we have been exploring the decolonization of aid. It may seem like a very abstract concept, but it's important for us to deconstruct how philanthropy has been undertaken and reimagine it in a way that makes sense for us and heals instead of, you know, causing harm to us as, as Ugandans and as Africans as a whole. So we recently partnered with um, ELPAL. Um, it's uh, an association of women debaters, and they recently had an all-female debate tournament where we supported young women from, I think it was about 10 or eight universities in Uganda and Kenya to discuss age philanthropy and what it would take to reimagine philanthropy. So through the power of debate, they had the opportunity to engage with this subject. And for us, we, we know that we are not just, it's not just a debate topic for them, but it's something that they will engage with and call to mind when they find themselves in positions of power and money and grant making and community mobilizing for social impact that they question how they go about their philanthropy. So that's one of the ways that we're involving youth in these conversations to help them or bring them to a point where they appreciate these concepts and run with them. Because even the sector that we currently find ourselves in, there are people that were in it, that structured it the way that it is now. And uh, we do appreciate the work and the base that they built for us to find. But we know that a lot of it needs changing and conversations, debate is one of the ways that we are using, one of the things all avenues are using to engage youth um, in refining how philanthropy is done in Uganda's context. That, that would be just a snippet of the debate issue and decolonizing aid. Wow. Okay, thank you, thank you very much, Madonna. I'm, I'm just if you're a young person listening in, or if you work with young people, we would like to interest you in two publications of CIVSOS Africa. If you're in Kampala, you could uh, check out a restock booklet which has uh, uh, the two publications: Our Generous Spirit, which captures the diverse symbols of expressions uh, uh, of generosity and giving across uh, uh, thirteen subregions in Uganda. Please do check it out and, and get a copy of that. The second publication is uh, uh, African Proverbs on Giving. So please interest yourself in uh, what is happening in and around Uganda on giving. For those that are in Jinja, you could um, check out Local Flavors, uh, a bookstore and a, uh, a platform where our book is being sold. So. Um, those that, that are not in Kampala or Jinja and you'd like to uh, 
get a copy for yourself. Please do not hesitate to reach out from Heart Seeds Africa. So Madonna, you have really highlighted a lot on what youth are giving. If there was any youth uh, listening in today um, and want to take part in giving and generosity in their community, or someone who leads uh, an, an organization that is predominantly youth, uh, how, can, how would you advise them to make the most of their time, of their talent, of their money, of their skill, uh, to give back to their communities? If anything, it's a lesson from season six in general. Um, it's a thread that ran through all the episodes that were recorded during that time. For you to give, I don't think you need to look so far, you know, to find a whole new district, a whole new country in order to find opportunities for you to give. Uh, the need is next door, so you can start right at home, in your neighborhood, at your local church, your university. I've talked about Joanne and how she was, she was moved by the pupils that were going to school um, in a primary school right next to her university. I think it was Nkosi in, yeah, Nkosi University. And she started with five students. Each student's tuition for the term was 60,000 shillings. So she ran donation drives. She asked her mother for this money. She was like, you know, can I, can I interest you in doing this? So they partnered and she started off paying for these five students. Um, she didn't need to, you know, wait and go back to Kampala and find a school or wait for a campaign that's run by someone else on social media. The need is right next to you. So just be have your ears on the ground in a sense to listen in and reach out to the community and the needs that are presented before you. Um, the other thing for me would be that your generosity doesn't have to be financial. So while a lot of philanthropy that typically recognize is that that is financial because, you know, there's a whole dollar sign or shilling whatever attached to your contribution, but there's more to giving than finances. So as you share your memes on social media, you could also consider retweeting a donation drive poster, share it on your WhatsApp status, and in one way or another, your networks. It, the, the cause itself may tug at the heartstrings of your um, networks, your friends that view your statuses, and before you know it, you've contributed in ways that even you may never know about just because you shared. That was that. The other thing would be to start where you are, start scared, just start really, like Nike, just do it. Um, I think it was Brownie's story who started by donating her very own books. She had a little books from primary school, from secondary, she had accumulated them before she started her Kitabu book project, a whole organization that's dedicated to uh promoting literacy and education in, in students in, in Uganda. So she started just with her very own books. You know, started by buying break time snacks for her, for her friends. Michelle started by paying that 120,000 tuition for the neighbor. Um, so in one way or another, you just start with whatever it is, with whatever it is that you have, you can just start. Yeah. Wow. With what? Whatever it is, you, you can just start. I like that you you referred to Nike. Eh? Just do it. So that's very interesting. Um, 
I would like to interest our listeners also to tune into season six of the community podcast. And you can find this on any of our social media platforms at Seeds Africa and listen into what is a wealthy uh, season on, on uh, giving by young Ugandans from across the country. Very, very amazing season. I hope that you will be able to tune in. So Madonna, as we conclude this episode, would you have any final words to our listeners that you'd like to share about youth and philanthropy? Like I've said already, just do it. Just start wherever you are with whatever you have. The other thing would be to identify as a philanthropist. Don't shy away from it. Um, it's a big word. It's a big English word, but really it's just generosity. It's giving. It's Ubuntu. So embrace it because there's a lot of power in embracing that identity um, in the sense that it shifts your mindset from being passive and waiting for a savior to come to your rescue or to rescue your community as a whole to embodying solutions and doing whatever is in your power to advance those solutions and those changes in your community. So embrace the identity of a philanthropist. It solves more when you embrace that identity. Thank you. Wow, 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 wow. Definitely a pleasure. We'll be looking forward to a book. I'm sure Madonna has a book she's going to write on youth and generosity. Do not preempt it. (laughs) (laughs) This has been an amazing episode. Madonna, it's been a pleasure hosting you. I hope that in the future I could host you again to, to just share more on what philanthropy is like. Thank you so much, dear listeners. Thank you so much for joining us and for tuning in. Um, Adona, have a great day. This has been an amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio, for hosting.